Hey, welcome to Mission Vale Christian Church. I am so glad that you're with us today. Currently, we are in a series called Living the Dream, which we're going to be unpacking God's truths about how to be financially free. So let's get right into it out of God's Word. I am so amped up. I am just ready for God to do something. I don't know, you know, exactly what. I just sense that God is going to bring some freedom for somebody here today. If that's you, I just want to encourage you to open up your heart to what God has through this series that I just really just been pounding in my heart called Living the Dream. We'll get to that in just a second. I want you to have your Bible, your ammunition ready against the devil. So open your Bibles. Be ready. We're going to go there in just a second. But before we do that, I just want to take a quick second to honor and remember 9-11 and those that not only lost their lives and their families, and we all as Americans are still grieving, um, but we also want to remember those who went into the building to save others and never made it out. And so I thought the best thing to do here is just, I just want to have a moment for us to pray together. So I'm going to ask you just to pray with me, and, and we're going to pray in unity that God just uh, brings about a national revival through all this. But it's, sometimes it's, it's good to look back, to glance back, to remember. We never forget those that lost their lives, but we also never forget who the real one is, and that's Jesus Christ, who can heal us of all this. So Lord, we come today... We remember, Lord, that tragic day 20 years ago. And for those that maybe weren't even alive then, God, um, our prayer today is that we want to pray for comfort, especially for some of the spouses and the children. I saw, Lord, as you know, as I was standing in the, this week in the um, grocery store, I saw that uh, People magazine it had some of the kids of 9-11 that lost their parents. And so, Lord, we pray for those families, those ones that have lost so much, God. And we just pray that churches, pastors, um, Jesus, your Holy Spirit can bring about that comfort and love that only you can bring, God. We thank you for the firefighters, our first responders, our military, that many of them, Lord, you know, that went in and never made it out, risking their lives and giving their lives. And we pray for those families as well, Lord. We just pray in all of this that a national revival would well up, God. We need your Holy Spirit in the United States of America again. We need the grace of Jesus Christ. We need love and compassion and all those things that you bring through the gospel. And so, Lord, we are praying a prayer of faith that little corner of Geronimo and Marguerite in this vast United States of America, that something will happen here that will be for monumental change even for eternity, God. So we love you. We love your word. As we get into the word, Holy Spirit, have your way with us, Lord. Move us. Challenge us. I don't want to just have another Sunday morning where we just come in and sing a few songs and hear a word. We want change. We want radical change, God. And we're asking for it, God, in the name of your son, Jesus, whom we believe resurrected from the dead in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. 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 Woo! God is on the move. I want you to be ready. 
Hey, if you, um, if you missed the announcement this morning, Pastor Brian told us real quick, there is Fall Fest coming. That's October 10th. It's a special Sunday. I want to ask every single person here, please pray about bringing a friend on that Sunday. Barbecue, fun stuff for the kids. But I tell you, most of all, is we want to connect with people. At Missionville Christian Church, it's always been about people. It will always be that way until Jesus comes to take us home. So that's a special day once a year. We put our resources into that. We also need servers. We need team members. And there's all kinds of stuff to do. You can uh, find out at the connection point on your way out as soon as the service is over. Hope the sermon is quick today so you can get out and become a team member. We need the help. We want you to be on team at MVCC. Also, I want to let you know that I'm excited about we're going to dive into the gospel of Luke a little bit later here um, in a couple months. We're going to be in there probably most of 2022. We're going to walk down those dusty roads with Jesus through the gospel writer Luke. It's an amazing book. I I just believe God is going to challenge us. He's also going to bring, I believe, the good news to people that we bring to MVCC who maybe just don't know the Lord or they've been disconnected from a church family. So I really want to ask you, you know, if you have a Bible, go ahead and start reading Luke. We're going to be there in a couple months. And like I said, we'll be there for the most of 2022. I want you to know that um, I am excited about this series, and we're going to be talking about finances and how last week, remember, we are simply managers of the owner. We manage what the owner has given us, but I'm not so much just excited about that. I am excited because I believe when we become free financially, it can change our whole outlook here living in South County. And so I just believe that freedom comes when we step out in faith and we trust God and we believe him. So I just want to say out of the get-go, if you're visiting with us here, we don't hobby horse on money. It's not the focus. You know if you're part of MVCC, but I would not be a good pastor if I didn't teach the word. Jesus talked about in 13 parables out of the 38, 13 of them were about money and possession. So pretty important because Jesus knew that possessions and money sometimes can get the best of us. It can start to own us. It can drive our thinking. It all of a sudden becomes the passion of our life. More, 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 better, better, better. And we start living for those things and we lose our focus on following Jesus. Now, I just want to say out of this out of get-go, it's not bad to be rich. It's not wrong to have lots of money. It's, it, in fact, it's a gift for those of you that have made lots of money. That's a gift. Here's the question. What are we doing with what we have? I, I just, I just, I believe in a big God and I think God is capable of doing anything. So I just want to say out of all of this, out of this series, living the dream, freedom, finance, getting my financial house in order, just simply doing the blueprint that God gave us, which we'll look at in just a second here. I know you're excited about getting out of debt. Anybody here excited about getting out of debt? Anyone here excited about living debt-free a life? It is possible in the OC to live debt-free. It is. And it is so freeing to do that. But above all else, I want you to know that God loves you right where you are. How many of you know that? God has a passion for your life. He has a plan. And yes, that involves freedom, being free. In Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn over to John 10. We're going to be looking at about six or seven different verses today. 
In John 10, Jesus tells a story, a parable, and in this parable, he knows firsthand well because Jesus is the word, he wrote the word through these gospel writers, that when he embarked on these parables to teach the people, he wanted to draw them into truth. And in order to relate to where they were living, he would tell these stories. I want to tell you a story about a shepherd who had sheep, and there was a gate pen. And in that gate pen, Literally, the shepherd would lay himself down. I want you to see this picture with me before I read John 10. There is a sheep gate there, and the shepherd, literally, he lays down at the narrow gate. They were very narrow in those days, and the sheep would be in the sheep pen for protection, for care, for feeding, to have a place of rest. And so the very shepherd that would lay down at night to protect the sheep, he would risk his life. He risked and laid down his life for the sheep. I just want you to get that mental picture because that is Jesus for us. He lays himself down. You remember when Jesus says, I am the door, I am the gate? He lays himself down. He didn't just say, hey, this is the gate, come in. He said, I am the gate, and therefore I lay down my life for you. So in John John, or John 10, 10, he says this, the thief, remember the gate now, The thief, the wolves are going to come and try and destroy and devour the sheep. The the sheep or the, the, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I just want you to see on the outset here that the enemy wants to steal, kill your life. He wants to kill your soul. He wants to take down your soul. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, those four components, how God made us. The enemy wants to do one thing, and that is to get you away from God. And if he can destroy your life, if he can isolate you, then he can start to destroy and devour you. We have Jesus Christ. As long as we stay close to him, we don't have to worry about the devil. And Jesus came. I came so that you would have life. Not just eternal, how many, we sang that song, I love it. Man, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We're going to heaven because of grace, not because we're good people, not even because we're in this church. We are simply going to heaven because Jesus Christ laid down his life. He died on a cross and he rose again. We have life, but we also have life here on this earth. Have you ever noticed just walking into the banks, into the grocery stores, in the malls, into shopping places, people are just, "Uh, whatever, just kind of looking, walking around. They're kind of just dead. We need life. You have been given the Holy Spirit to give you life, to be a witness. Jesus says, you are my witnesses. Don't be my witnesses. You are my witness. We have to remember that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy, yes, even, I believe, your financial life. He wants to destroy you. Galatians 5.1, the apostle Paul wrote these words, it is for freedom that Christ sets us free. Yes, I believe even financially free. Now when I say that, that does not mean out of context having lots of money. I'm just saying what God's given us, we are managers and we are freed up from all the stuff that the world says we have to do. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Here's the question. Are you willing to get in the yoke with Jesus? That meant that picture of the oxen, that they would be together in a yoke, moving in sync together. I want to move in sync with Jesus. I don't want to move to my own, my own, my own uh, plan. I want to move to the plan of Jesus. So there's three things I want you to have here today. Three things. I want you to be able to develop a financial plan for yourself. 
And if there's any teens in here, students, I, I don't want you to check out. This is the best time for you to set that plan now. You won't be in a lot of the financial trouble that some of us who are older, who have gotten in some trouble, you will avoid all those pitfalls. So I want you to have, number one, a financial plan, to develop one for yourself according to God's favor. Number two is I want you to be able to get out a pathway of getting out of debt, getting out of debt. How many of you, I'm going to ask again, how many of you want to get out of debt? I certainly do. Okay, number three. These are the three things I want through the series for Pastor Mike first, and then for the rest of us here, develop a pathway for living debt-free. It's possible to live debt-free. I was doing some fact-finding looking on the internet. I went to nerd, watch this now, nerdwallet.com. And here's what nerdwallet.com said. As Americans, four out of five, we owe more than we own. For every credit card we owe, average of $7,000 in debt. Americans owe, watch this, $15 trillion we owe. We're just in debt as Americans. So some shocking statistics. So here's the question. What are some indications that we might be in some financial trouble? What are the indications? What are the danger zones that we certainly don't want to get involved in? Number one is this deepening debt, deepening debt. I think, um, you know, it's really difficult to live in South County. I know I'm a product of this place. I live here. I'm with you. I get it. But I just, I just want to say that we don't have to fall into the trappings of doing what everybody else just does financially. God gave us the blueprint. And can I just say on the outset, I forgot to mention, I don't want like more money from you. That's not the purpose of this. I want you to be able to see God's word and be financially free and get on his page and, and the, the offerings and money and all that. That'll come. I trust God for that. Honestly, the sincerity of our heart, we, we don't want more money. If you're visiting here, we don't want your money. I mean, unless you write a check for a million dollars for our new building, we would love that. But just kidding. I, we want your heart, your heart for Jesus Christ. And so deepening debt, I think, is a problem for a lot of us. Is it not? I, I wanted to read to you a, a very sincere letter that I received from American Express. And it was written just to me. You ever, you ever have one of these? Dude I, dude, I get like two or three of these, two or three of these sometimes a day. I get these from these credit card companies, and we want your business. Right? Here's Dear Mike Maiolo, so personal. American Express believes that individuals with superior financial credentials deserve a superior level of service. As a platinum member, you'll enjoy a level of service befitting our most important customers. I'm starting to get teared up already. You deserve more purchasing power that matches your capabilities and requirements. Obviously, they don't know me very well. We can work, watch this, we can work together to personalize a level of credit that's right for you. Wow. You know, interesting, reading that three-page letter, I just took a couple of paragraphs. There's three pages of this stuff. I don't ever see in there, I could be wrong, but at least the ones that I've got, I don't ever see the word debt in those three pages. Why is that? Because they don't want you to realize and for us to know that we might have a problem of getting in too much debt. Roger's thesaurus has some interesting synonyms for the word owe. You, you want to hear them? Some, some of these are classic. 
obligated, liable, deficit, in default, insolvent, encumbered, in over one's head, tied up, destitute, penniless, lacking, deadbeat, living hand to mouth, having better days, gone to the dogs, ruined, impoverished, beaten down, bereaved, reduced, embarrassed, overextended, broke, and busted. <laughs> Which leads us to another saw, uh, proverb 22.7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. That's a golden one right there. I want to remember that as a Christ follower, man. I don't want to be in debt to anyone. And that's what the Bible says. So let's just talk about what the Bible says about debt. Fact number one is this. Not all debt is bad. Not all debt is bad. So by the way, I forgot to mention, I'll mention it second service. If you want to come back, you can hear it again. I don't want any guilt here. Guilt has no place in the kingdom of God. That's not what this is about. This is about conviction. And when God brings conviction, he always leads us to hope, right? But the fact of the matter is not all debt is bad. There's, there's some good debt. But the danger zones, I just want to point out here from my own experience as living here as a product of Orange County, danger zone number one is anything that depreciates in value. Think about that for just a second. When I slap the credit card down, when I go for a loan, is what I'm purchasing going to lose its value? If the answer to that is yes, it's probably not a good idea for me to get into any kind of debt for that item or that purchase. Some debt is okay. Things that appreciate in value. So I just want to say from the get-go, this is all from the word of God. This is not like, you know, any just strange teaching. This is what God teaches us. Some, some debt is okay, Something that will appreciate in value. A home will appreciate, we all know that, right, in South County. A home will appreciate in value. It's okay, but we want to remember that we want to live within our means. We don't want to stretch out too far that gets us into some serious trouble. So danger zone number two is this. Making the minimum payment on a credit card. Oh, boy. Boy, that was a big exhale on that one, wasn't there? Romans 13, 8. Again, this is all just the word here. The word, the word, the word. Romans 13, it says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Forever loves others has fulfilled the law. I am indebted to you. I love you. We as a pastoral team, I can honestly say that we love you. As the sheep, we're all sheep together. He's the shepherd. And there's a genuineness here. I can honestly, we pray, we labor, we look over the names. What can we do to continue? One of our pastors went uh, this week just to sit with somebody in a court hearing half their day just to sit with them. I just, I just want to say out of the get-go, the biggest debt that we have is we genuinely care about you here. We want you to hear from God, live for God, have the fullness and freedom in Jesus Christ. And for those that are lost, we want to equip you and challenge you. Let's reach out to lost people who are hurting, who need the gift of Jesus Christ, the simple gospel message. So I don't want any debt to remain outstanding in the world. I want to be indebted to you because Jesus Christ loved me and I love you. Which leads us to the next point. I found this from Mary Hunt, who's a writer prolific author about finances. Debt keeps you stuck in the trap of using your future to pay for your past. If you have $3,000 
on a credit card. Let's just paint a scenario. None of us do here because we're all debt free, right? If you have $3,000 on a credit card and you make just the minimum payment, just the minimum payment every month, how long would it be before that thing is paid off? You ready? 37 years and seven months just for $3,000 on a credit card. That's just the minimum payment. Can I just say that when my wife and I got married, we had some good counsel from my pastor. He was just old school, man, just black and white. This is how it is. You got to do it or not. Don't, don't ride the fence. You love your wife and you give to God everything he's given. You give it back to him and you honor him with your finances. That means we don't get in dumb debt. He used to call it that, dumb debt. If you're a, a, a student of Dave Ramsey, he's the financial guru kind of, of, of Christian teaching. He is, to my opinion, the number one uh, financial teacher on biblical principles about handling money. And we have a special gift for every single one of you, which I'll mention here at the end of the message. But I just, I want you to know so sincerely and from the word of God that we don't want to have dumb debt. And so if we've made some mistakes... And leading this into danger zone number three, let's look at number three, is absence of giving and saving. Usually what happens is, oh man, I just don't have a whole lot of money at the end of the month, God, but what I have left, I'll just kind of tip you. Can we just be honest? And you know, I'm your pastor, so I'm not here to make you feel good all the time. I'm here to bring the word and conviction because we want change, but we just kind of tip God. We give God the leftovers. So any 25-year-olds here, right in their mid-20s? I just want to say a word about savings and giving. Gosh, I wish somebody would have told me this. If you were to save $2.75 a day, that's half a Starbucks, right? <laughs> if you were to save two seventy-five every single day and put it in a very safe savings account, by the time you're 65, you will have... million dollars. That's aside from 401k, retirement, social security, anything. That's just on your own. There's something to be said about savings. And the Bible talks about savings is a good thing. Psalm 37, 21, the wicked borrow and do not pay, but the righteous give generously, right? The righteous, who is the righteous? Everybody who's right. Are we always right? Well, Sometimes we're right, but sometimes we're not, right? But he says the righteous, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, when Jesus died on the cross, he not only forgave us, but he poured his righteousness into us. So when Jesus looks at us, we are now his righteous. We, what do we do? Because we've been made righteous by Jesus Christ. Because we are clean and forgiven and totally holy in God's sight. We want to give. We want our life when giving time and talent and finances of, of your heart and your spirit. You just want to give back. When you see a neighbor in trouble, you want to help them. It's just, it's just who we are. It's just what we do as Christ followers. Listen, a lot of us can't give to people in need because we bought too many things we don't need. And we got to keep up the rat race of making sure that all of those things stay current. Right? Come on, Mike. It's not that I don't love God, I'm just broke. Right? So, you ready? 
Here's where it gets practical. Seven big decisions. I, if you have your, in your seat back in front of you, there's a card, there's a note, take notes. I just, I'm a big note taker. Anytime I'm in anything at all, because sometimes I forget things and I gotta write it down. If I write it down, I know there's a 30% chance I'm gonna remember that. These are seven big decisions, financial decisions that I want us together to make out of God's word and what he says. Number one is this. I want us to make the decision today. I want you, I wanna make the decision today. Decide death to debt. Death to debt, man. Let's all, pour, let's all perform plastic surgery. Let's go home, get the scissors, cut out the plastic. Let's cut up the plastic credit cards, right? Because I am making a decision. We are death now to debt. I'm making a decision that I don't want to live this. Imagine for a second if you were absolutely debt free. Imagine. Imagine with me for a moment, no car payment. No payment on the furniture. No payment on five years ago trip to Europe. No, watch this now. Can you imagine no mortgage payment? I, I just, I just want to let that sink in for a moment. It's possible to get there. Now, this doesn't mean that this is going to all happen overnight. I just want you to make the number one decision because what the Bible says, we read scripture and scripture and scripture over this. I want you to make a decision. We are no longer going to survive. We're no longer going to live with dumb debt. We're not. So we're going to stop the cycle now. Death to debt. We all in? Number two is this. I want you to get a legal pad of paper or your iPad or anything you use that works for you. And I want you to draw a line down the center of that piece of paper. And this leads to number two is I want you to create a financial plan. This is what, this is what my wife and I did. My pastor said, he didn't just say, well, we want you to do this. He said, take out a piece of paper now and do this. He's just that way, man. Let's just do this. So we drew down, um, uh, a line down the center of the paper on the left-hand side of the column. The left-hand side, all of our expenses. And then on the right side, our net income for the month. I know this sounds so elementary. This sounds almost like this is too easy. But how many of us really do this stuff? I need this. I want to leave a legacy for my kids, not just Jesus Christ and his power and personally knowing God and following Jesus. I want to leave something financial for my kids. It's, just, it's, it's important. It's biblical that we leave something behind. Psalm 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. It was just in the Old Testament, they just did that. It was part of following God, is that they, everything that came to them, their crops, their grains, their livestock, their income, the very first, the very best went to God. Why? Because God deserves my best. And so I've got to create a financial plan. On top of that piece of paper that I'm going to ask you to do that in, or on your iPad or your laptop, wherever you do it, I'm going to ask you to put in two sentences, what are your financial goals? What are they? Can you imagine if 20-year-olds did this? We could, we could get out of the national debt. So what are some financial goals? One year, three year, five year, 10 year. Remember last week we talked about from God's word that we are managers. So now when I write down my goals, it's not, well, I want this and this and this and this, like you know Santa Claus, I just want all these things, God. This is, God, what do you want? What do, what do you want me to have? Because if you're my father, you know what's best for me. Is it wrong to want nice things? No. It's not wrong to have nice things. As long as those nice things don't have me. 
I don't, I don't want those things to own me. Jesus Christ owns my heart. Psalm 119 verse 12 says, I have inclined my heart to you, God. So number one, decide. Decide death to debt. Number two is create your financial plan. And number three is this, honor God with the tithe. Honor God with the tithe. Now, before we get all upset here, just hang on with me because this is what the word of God says. After being married for 31 years to the love of my life, I can tell you that giving our first fruits to God when it was little and when it was medium sized and when it was bigger, it is the best thing that God, I believe, God brings such a blessing when we just say, God, I love you because you first loved me. I'm gonna honor you with everything I have, God. I'm not just gonna say it. I'm not gonna give lip service to God. I'm not gonna be some half mamby pamby Christian, some milk toast spineless Christian that can't just give everything to Jesus and stand up and be a man and say, God, put my money where my mouth is, God. I believe in you. So everything on top, God, is yours. I'm gonna give that back to your kingdom, to your kingdom work. So I wanna honor God with the tithe. Malachi 3.10, if you have your Bibles, just another good quote from God. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out, watch this, pour out so much blessing that there will be no room enough to store it. There's a principle. It's a biblical principle. I'm, now, I am not saying out of context that if you were to honor God with the tithe, that you're just tomorrow, you're gonna get this big fat check in the, in the mail. That, that's not a guarantee. But it, it might happen like that. But I also know that there are other ways that God blesses our life when we just give him our very best right off the top, right off the very top. It's the only place in scripture that I know. If anybody, God says, I dare you, I dare you. Test me in this. I dare you to obey me. I dare you to step off the edge where you know I have spoken in the word. I dare you to jump off and stand on my word. That's where, that's where Christianity becomes exciting. That's where Christianity comes alive. I don't want to just be a churchgoer. I don't want to be a church person. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to get down with God. I want to obey God because it's where obedience and faith is where we find God's blessing blessing my wife and I have always been taken care of by God because his word is true because he is faithful it's not because of our goodness it's not because we made right decisions it's because his word is true and we just simply stepped into it and we trust you Holy Spirit we believe you're got you got this thing covered Lord Malachi 3 8 should we go deeper or should we just stay light here come on let's go deeper Malachi 3, 8 says this, verse 8, just the context. Remember, Solomon is building the temple. It has been in charge by God. He has been given a wonderful legacy from his father, David, King David, who was the warrior, who was the worshiper. David wanted to build the, 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 the worship center for, for God, but now Solomon gets to do it. And he says, Solomon, don't forget to tell my people to bring in their very best because this is just a trickle-down thing that happens. When God gets our very best and we put him first and we seek him with all our heart, he takes care of the rest. A, a, a scripture reference for that is Matthew 6.33, man. Matthew 6.33 
So Malachi 3.8 says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, hey, come on, we live in South County. I'm not robbing anybody. How are we robbing you, Lord, in tithes and offerings? I'm not stealing from God. What are you talking about? Anyone here ever have anything stolen from them? Anybody steal anything from you? Anybody, anybody ever been in your house that wasn't supposed to be there? I, my wife and I, someone broke into our home. This is years ago. I got to tell you, it was one of the worst feelings in my gut that I have ever experienced. Besides my wife hearing the news that she got cancer, that, that was a gut-wrenching thing. They were in our house taking my stuff, God's stuff. When I lived in Hawaii, I had a, a red Toyota 4x4 truck. And my friends and I put in the stereo. I mean, it was it was awesome, soundless. I had speakers in the back and speakers in the front and speakers on the side. And, you know, it was back in the day when they had CDs, for those of you that are like 20-year-olds. The CDs are these, these little records that we used to put inside the stereo. I love that thing. And it came out. We were going surfing one morning with the high school students. I came out to my truck as I had to walk down this ramp, and this window was smashed in, and my stereo was gone. And I just, it wasn't about the stereo. It was just that feeling of being violated that someone was in my stuff. God is giving us an analogy here. Anyone here lately been to Costco? That place is dangerous, right? Because they got these long aisles of all this really cool stuff. I'd like to meet the buyer for Costco. Those guys, those men and women, they know how to buy really good stuff there. So you go in there to get your list of groceries and a couple of things. And you come out with patio furniture, <laughs> shoes, right? A new lamp, all this stuff. And as you're getting in the car, putting all this stuff into your car, you're thinking, how am, am I going to pay for this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just forego my tithe this month. But I'll pay you back, God. We may not use those words, but don't we have... And can I just be very real with you? Sometimes I get people at the church that say, why are you, don't share that much of your heart. People are going to step all over you. I can't help it. I want to be real love on mission. I want to just be open and honest with you. I have had thoughts when I saw this incredible patio furniture, sectional, all this stuff, the umbrella that's like $600, but you can move it back and forth. You can have people, Bible studies under that thing. I have wanted to walk out with that thing. I, I know what it feels like to want stuff. But I, and I'll say this carefully and biblically, I fear God and his word more than I fear maybe not having the stuff. And when I say fear, I'm saying a love, healthy respect. He's my God. I'm his servant. I'm just here to please and honor him. Right? Amen. So, when you're thinking about the remodel, it's okay to remodel stuff that's old. It's okay. But don't fall into the trap of, well, we'll just kind of, slide our tithe over here and next year we'll make it up. Here's, here's how we do it. Our house, I, 
Last week I mentioned this, 21 years old, things are falling apart. Our up, upstairs bathroom, if I had pictures of it, you would be, oh my gosh. Talk about 80s. And we've been sitting on that for a while and it's been bothering me. Every time we go in there, the things don't work, the faucets don't work right, it looks horrible, it's 80s tile, and this old sink, the, old, the, the faucets don't work right. So we've got to fix this thing up. We've got to remodel it. And I made the decision. Lauren, I talked about this. We're not going to do it until we have the money first. We're going we're gonna to save and do the money. I can wait another year for the bathroom. It's okay. I am not going to rob God. I will not do it because I love him. And I love his kingdom. And I love what God is doing. I'm a little biased here. I love this place, Mission Vale Christian Church. Something's been happening over the years. It's God and our greatest days, I believe, are ahead of us. And I want us to be prepared for that. But the physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and financially, I want us to be prepared for what God has in store for Mission Vale Christian Church. I think of it this way. If, if God has been so good, to, has God been good to you? Has God saved you? Has God, has God released you? Has he delivered you from something? Man, no more. Are we, we're not doing that anymore because I want to get high on Jesus. I'm not going to the bar to talk about my problems. I now get high on Jesus Christ. I don't need that stuff. And if I have to go to AA, I'm going to AA. If I have to go to a program or counseling, God can use that stuff. And here's how I look at this. If God saved you of all your stuff, Pastor Mike, how could you hold back any 